I remember him weighing my fish and him telling me my weight and pulling out that guy from the hot seat. It's all about sitting in that hot seat, and I'm just thinking, wow, I finally got my chance in the hot seat. It's time to jump in the hot seat on our 50th episode. Brought to you by our friends at ReelsandTackle.com. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Okay, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Rachel Uribe, who is an FLW Costa Series pro. And Rachel, it is so good to have you on the show today. It is great to be one of your guests here on your show, John. Um, Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, you're certainly welcome. And uh, we've got some fun tournament stuff to talk about today. That's uh, We always love doing that here on the show. But before we jump off into that, let's just uh, kind of talk about you a little bit and your angling history and, you know, how did you uh, uh, get to this place where you were a, a pro fisherman? Well, um, my family, my parents raised my brother and I. We were outdoors family. Uh, they take us up to the Sierras, up to Bridgeport every summer. About a month, we'd go out there and camp, and we'd stream fish out there. Um, I remember them stocking, stocking the streams, the big trucks coming, you know, during the time that we were out there. You see them put tons of trout in the, in the stream there, and my brother and I, and we'd just have our fishing rods ready, and a whole family would just go out there and fish all day long from sun sun up to sundown, and we just continued, continued as we got older. My brother, actually, he really got the bite for fishing a lot sooner than I did as far as tournament fishing. So he's been doing it for years. Mm, okay. um, as far as myself, I got more involved about eight years ago. Now I've been competing on the co-angler side for FLW. Wow. Yeah. And it, it's just been a phenomenal experience, um, mostly in a male-dominated sport and being, you know, a female angler out there and trying to hold your own and, you know, represent for the females out there and just truly blessed that our, our parents got us involved in fishing at such a young age. And till this day, we, we all enjoy it. I mean, out here in the West, our family is well known in the fishing industry for tournament fishing. So mm-hmm. it, it's just an awesome experience. Yeah. So where was that? At? You said you grew up again? We're born and raised in Long Beach, California, but we okay. go out to Bridgeport up in the Sierras. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, to go fish up there. And was that, um, you were talking about them releasing the trout and all and fishing for those. Where, where, did you start out spin fishing for those or did you do any fly fishing for the trout? Yeah, I've never personally tried fly fishing. Um, always wanted to, to try it, but it was mostly we just used salmon eggs, power bait just kind of flowed down the stream there but yeah so just spinning rods yeah and those trout yeah it was tons of fun oh yeah and beautiful scenery too i bet beautiful scenery beautiful scenery out in the country you know out there and the mountains and seeing the deer right there as we're walking down the streams mm-hmm. amazing amazing scenery oh yeah i can just imagine and so when did you make the transition to uh, bass fishing i know you said Eight years ago is when you started doing it uh, on the on the pro series, but 
you know, did you start getting into bass fishing before that? Yeah. Um, like I said, my brother and my dad, they, they do bass tournaments. Um, you know, when my brother was a teenager, that's when they started doing bass tournaments. And every now and then, um, I'd go out there and I'd uh, pair up with my dad and we do team tournaments at that point. Like I said, there's, there's a very small amount of female anglers out there. So my dad and I would go out there and do some events together and, you know, we'd, we'd win some of the events or we'd place high in the events. And that's how I also got my name out there and exposure as far as bass fishing goes. Right. And so that gradually just spilt to the point where you decided, Hey, I think I want to pick this up and do it as, as more of a full-time thing then, huh? Right. Yeah. So because of that, um, when FLW, that that's when FLW first started out here and they were looking for female anglers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when National Guard actually brought out the FLW series out here to the West. Okay. And there's a lot of talk of them looking to build their team. And like I said, since our family's, you know, well-known in the industry and I was out there with my, my dad and my brother fishing the events, um, my name was thrown out there as far as possibly being, you know, offered partnership with National Guard yeah. to start their events. And so, yeah, so they they approached me for the opportunity, um, did a whole interview trying to get the position as a co-angler out here on the West to represent. And I was I was picked for that position, you know, and that's pretty much how my whole fishing career started as far as tournament fishing on these higher levels doing the FLW tournaments out here out west. Yeah. Wow, how neat. I'm interested to know how things changed for you when you stepped up to that next level and started fishing like that. You know, the way you approached fishing and, you know, thought about it and prepared. How how did that all change when you went to that next level? You know, again, I'm truly blessed um, as far as the family being involved in fishing. So my brother, like I said, he does do the trail as well. So we're actually traveling partners. And oh, okay. So we go out to, yeah, we go out to each event. There's three events um, now that the circuit holds every year. Mm-hmm. And so we're traveling partners. So um, when we start practicing, you know, we have all of our gear and we actually work really well off of each other as far as like trying to get trying to target certain areas to to realize where these fish are are holding for the events to have more opportunities to catch these these bass Mm -hmm. so that's actually a a a unique advantage you have there that you know the two of you have been fishing together you know (laughs) since you were young but also uh, you know, now going out on the trail together, you know, you are able to probably communicate and, and dial in uh, a lot better. It's like two heads are better than one, I guess, when it comes to that. Right. And and that's exactly, exactly what we do out there. Um, we complement each other very well. So um, when we're out there pre-fishing and practicing, he might be throwing a reaction bait and I'll follow it up with you know, a slower bait, like drop shotting or Carolina rig or something to try to target these fish. And and it's honestly, he's a phenomenal angler. He's won tons of, you know, top tens and qualified for the championship and actually won a lot of the events. So 
for me, that's an advantage for me because I'm out there practicing behind, you know, a phenomenal angler. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I'm changing, you know, I'm able to adapt, you know, being a co-angler, you just have to adapt right, to wherever your pro goes. And so that's a huge advantage for me because I'm just looking at different areas, you know, and I'm just constantly looking at what he's doing and trying to, if he's catching fish, I want to kind of mimic something that he's doing, but not throw exactly what he's throwing because I'm, you know, being a co-angler fish in the back of the boat, you're kind of getting second picking, you know, so, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I'm trying to throw something a little different. Like if he's throwing an A rig, I'll throw maybe an underspin to kind of mimic that, but giving me that second opportunity to target those fish that he may have, you know, um, not have caught when he threw his, threw his line out there. So it, that's a huge advantage for me um, as far as being a co-angler. It's just having a positive mindset, adapting to every situation because we're put in a lot of different situations as yeah. far as, you know, how our boater, you know, angles the boat for us to, you know, actually make a cast. And it's just adapting a lot, a lot to every situation that you're in. Right. Now, do you ever find yourself having to go the other way? You know, you were talking about trying to sort of mimic the bait that the that the boater is using when he's having success. But if if the you know the the boater's not having success, are you back there trying to dial in the bait that <laughs> that should be? Right. That, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like when I'm out there pre fishing, um, my thing is just to find my own my own pattern. My brother's out there finding his own pattern and I'm finding my own pattern. So mm -hmm. At that point, I'm trying to, I'm building more confidence in my baits that I'm using. So um, let's just say, for instance, I'm out there and the, I'm catching tons of fish behind him drop shotting or, you know, Texas rigging. Then during tournament time, those are my confident baits. So when right. my pro's putting me in different areas, I'll be throwing that, even if he is throwing, you know, something that's reaction or something that's totally different than what I'm throwing. I, I, I like to start out with my confident baits yeah and if it's just not panning out because of certain situations then that's when you kind of change it up and you know possibly mimic what they're doing or throw something totally different if you know depending on the situation that you're in now are you pretty comfortable fishing all the different types of baits or are there some that you know, you'd rather not pull out of the bag. You know, I so I just wonder if, if the guy up up front is tearing it up with a bait that you know you don't really like so much. Do you ever have that right. happen? <laughs> yeah, personally, um, I love throwing topwater and reaction baits, swim mm -hmm. baits, huge swim baits. And back then, when I first started tournament fishing with my dad and my brother, it, the swim bait, the huge swim bait, you know, bite was phenomenal. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's just, over the years, it's just not there like it was before. So now I've turned it more into, like, you know, drop shotting, slower fishing, yeah. you know, more finesse baits. Right. But, yeah, my uh, <laughs> my weaker my weaker fishing is uh, Cinco fishing to me. Oh, it is, okay. Everyone says it's the easiest thing to do, and it's, <laughs> but for me, just, <laughs> it's doesn't feel it's like it, huh? Throwing that Cinco out. Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah. But but it sure makes you think twice, I guess, if uh, the other person in the boat is uh, tearing them up with a Senko. Right. <laughs> right, right. So that's yeah. another thing that I utilize my practice for is, 
you know, throwing my weaker baits sometimes and building mm. that confidence and building my skills in the, in those baits. Cause I, I don't personally get a lot of time out on the water. Um, I only get to fish these three events. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't get a lot of time to practice. I don't, you know, usually do tournaments outside of the three events that FLW holds or, you know, I don't get to take that chance to go to the park and practice, you know, my cast or different lures. I just, I don't have that time. So yeah. during practices when I have to bring my A game to, you know, fine tune my skills and, and that's my practice for the year. Right. Right. Well, it, it is amazing what a difference it makes fishing to have confidence in baits like you were talking about. Um, and if you can establish that in practice, I'm sure that's a, a huge you know, help with your mindset going into, uh, into the actual tournament. Right. Yeah. It, it definitely helps a lot. Um, cause out there, you know, tournament fishing, it, it's, it's a mental game, you know, it's mentally exhausting sometimes, especially when you're seeing your pro catching all these fish, you know, possibly <laughs> they have a limit. So they're calling out fish and it's like, Hey, I could use that fish, you know, and it's, it's a mental game. And yeah. honestly, you just, you can't play into it. You just got to, keep that mindset that this could be my winning cast or, you know, it's never over in fishing. It's never over till it's over till your boater says, okay, you know, last cast, we got to clock in, you know, we got to go check back in because it's our check-in time. So just keeping that mentality of any, at any point, anything can change. You can get back to back cast and back to back, you know, fish in the boat. And so, you know, with that mental game, we just got to have that mindset that, I could win this. I'm out here. You can't lose hope and, you know, and fall into that, that negative mindset. Cause once you do, I mean, it kind of your skills, you know, your technique getting in, in certain areas, it all kind of goes downhill from there. So just got to keep that positive mindset. Yep. Absolutely. Well, when we get back, Rachel is going to share an epic freshwater bass fishing tournament with us where she did represent the females really well. And I'm excited to hear about this. So hang on and we'll be right back. As avid anglers, our mission is always fishing. But at the Telltale Fisherman, our mission is to find the most epic fishing stories from around the world. And to do that, we need your help. When you share us on social media, that's like casting a line in a new pond, lake, or ocean where the next trophy fishing story awaits. Go to tell.fish, click one of our social media icons, and help cast the net for our next inductee to the Telltale Hall of Fame. Okay, we are back with Rachel Uribe, and she's been telling us all about uh, uh, her f- tournament experience fishing with the FLW Costa Series. and. Um, Man, it just sounds like a lot of fun and that you've had some great experiences with that. But I know you've had one uh, really awesome experience in particular, and I think that's the one you're going to share with us today, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Very, um, very exciting experience out there. I mean, all all of the tournaments are excited, but this one particular day was pretty epic for me. Yeah, so just tell us, uh, you know, where you were fishing and kind of what happened over the over the tournament time. So it was last year, um, FLW, we had our stop at Clear Lake again. Um, mm-hmm. And the year before that, I made my, my top 10, my first top 10, and took 10th overall. 
And this year, going out back to Clear Lake, I was like, okay, I've made my top 10 once here. Got to pu- try to pull it off again this year. And yeah. going out there, man, had a phenomenal practice and and just had that confidence in, you know, going into that tournament. And everything panned out for me. Everything panned out perfectly. Um, qualified to make that top 10 again, you know, during that event. And mm-hmm. went out there on the top 10 for the on that Saturday and I was able to catch my limit again and, and weigh in my fish. And, you know, it, in this sport, it's primarily male dominated sport. And, you know, you get some of those anglers where it's like, okay, I can't be beat by a girl. And <laughs> you're just out there trying to fish, you know, and, and do your thing. And that day, you know, the last day I was like, okay, got a pretty good bag. I, my, I want to win one of the events. And Mm -hmm. I remember going up there to the scales and, and, you know, they were calling on our weights and going up there and Ron Ratlin, he was asking, you know, how, how I think I did. And I was like, you know, I think I had a pretty good day. I think I got pretty good weight. And I remember him weighing my fish and him telling me my weight and pulling out that guy from the hot seat. It's all about sitting in that hot seat. And I'm just thinking, (laughs) wow. Got I finally got my chance. So, so you were sitting on the hot seat for a while there at weigh in. I was sitting in I was sitting in the hot seat for a while. Um ended up fit, placing, you know, there was a lot of ties that day too, you know, a lot of ties for fourth place and third place and Really? And what yeah, and what happens is it it just depends on whose weight was a little bit higher the first the day before that. Oh, okay. So ultimately, I ended up in yeah. So I ended up in fifth place, taking fifth place last year at, at Clear Lake. Wow! You know my my best event ever, and it was is awesome. It was amazing out there. So what what was different that day for you? I mean, was, were you fishing the kind of the same baits you normally do? I mean, were conditions different, or what? Can you kind of put your finger on what really made it? you know, that much better of a day than some of your other tournaments? You know, again, it's, it's honestly just continuously building on your skills. And Mm -hmm. I think I just had it dialed in that year, you know, as far as, you know, what areas to fish and the areas that my guys were fishing were areas that I had fished throughout, you know, the, the tournament with other guys that I was paired up with and during practice and stuff. So I was able just to execute, you know, precisely right. put my baits in the right area and execute every every bite that I got. You know, I, I actually fished flawless that day. Where And that's the key of what you need. You know, you get a lot of stories of, you know, I was right there on the boat and it jumped off. And <laughs> that day, I just, <laughs> I didn't miss any fish, brought them all to the boat and was able to execute every cast that I've made. And it was, it was phenomenal. It was amazing. Yeah, isn't that wild how some days you go out there and it just seems like everything goes wrong you know fish are getting off at the boat and and you're missing (laughs) missing hook sets and then other days everything goes right I mean have you been able and I'm sure everybody tries to figure that out but I mean have you ever kind of thought about you know why why is that why is it some days just click and some days just don't right right yeah, I'm, I'm sure we all have those days. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I honestly don't know. I think it's just fishing. I think yeah. it's just fishing and, <laughs> you know, yeah. we all have those days. But 
I was just going to say, maybe it goes back to the confidence thing you were talking about before. You were in some areas you had fished before and, you know, able to use baits that you were expecting to work. And, you know, who who knows what it is? I'm I'm with you. I if I guess if I could figure that out, then uh, <laughs> I, yeah, we can all eliminate having yeah. those bad days. Huh? Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. But that's so cool that everything just clicked. And so, but it wasn't just on that day, though. I mean, you had to get into the top ten, you know, to get to that final day. So you had is it a is it a two or three day uh, tournament run there? Right. It's a two-day tournament and two then days. the top okay. 10 fish, yeah, the top 10 fish on Saturday. So, right. yeah, like I said, it was just that whole tournament. It was just flawless. Everything just kind of panned out for me. You know, like I said, I just put my bait in every area that there was, you know, the fish and just able to execute every bite and figure out, you know, what they wanted at what time of the day. And everything just kind of lined up. <laughs> Yeah, and so do you remember what your big fish was that day, or, or for that tournament? Um, for that tournament, I, I don't remember exactly what my big fish was, but it's, so the year before that at Clear Lake, so there's a little funny joke going around right now that I'm the Clear Lake queen because <laughs> the year before that I made the top ten, and uh, in la in 2016 when I made my first top ten, that's also when I caught my biggest bass. Um, during practice. It was during oh. practice, unfortunately, but hey, it caught my biggest bass, and it was 9-11. Wow. And, yeah. Just uh, just a scale under 10 pounds, huh? <laughs> like one, yes. fi- one fish yes. scale under 10 pounds. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. man. Wow. So hoping to go out there this year. That's, that's our next stop this year um, mm-hmm. is at Clear Lake. So hoping to make another top 10 there and Hopefully that nine eleven pounder she'll come back and bite my lure during during the tournament and I'll be able to execute and bring her across stage. Yeah, well that would that would uh get get the guys' attentions, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, mostly I, I honestly I just want to inspire other females to go out there and, and tournament fish. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest thing. Um we don't have very many female anglers out there and you know, some of them will try it and I don't know why, and they just won't try the next event. And I, I get it. I mean, it it's tough out there. It is in a male-dominated sport, you know, and we just got to remember that the fish, they don't discriminate. They don't, That's you know, right. say, oh, it's a male, it's a female, you know. It's your mindset. You just got to go out there and not give up and don't listen to the chatter and, you know, just go out there and fish and have fun. And, you know, if that's your passion, enjoy it and and just be able to adapt to the different situations that you're in. That's that's the main thing. But I just I would like to inspire, you know, other females to go out there and try it and represent the female anglers who maybe, you know, as be hesitant of going out there and show them that that it is possible. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and that's one thing that's been fun here doing this podcast is getting to speak to uh, awesome anglers like you and, you know, some of our prior uh, female guests that uh, there's there's a lot of great lady anglers out there. And, you know, I hope and expect that uh, we're going to be hearing a lot more from from you guys as, uh, you know, as you continue to get more and more uh, lady anglers on the tournament trail. Right. Yep. That, that's what I'm hoping. 
Wow. So two more. Well, well, first of all, we should just mention that you just recently had uh, a tournament this year uh, already. Um, that was the first first yeah. tournament. And you said that was on Lake Havasu, I think you had told me, right? Yeah, we just had our first uh, FLW tournament out on Lake Havasu mm-hmm. um, just a few months, a few weeks ago, actually, and took 13th out of 152 boats so just barely Um, missed the top 10 on that one too honestly i missed the top 10 by 10 ounces oh 10 ounces (laughs) wow so yeah just just missed that cut and the weights were close i mean it was a close event but Mm -hmm. you know honestly um lake havasu (laughs) i've always struggled on that lake always struggled on that lake for some reason i just cannot figure out the fish out there and so placing 13th I was beyond excited and thankful you know and especially to start the season you know I I'm in contingency now for angler of the year for co-angler and you know great start to possibly qualifying for my second championship for FLW so very thankful for for my 13th place out there and it was a tough grind out there for a lot of a lot of anglers. You know, I remember yeah. the first day, almost half the field didn't even weigh in a fish. And, wow. You know, it, yeah, it was a struggle out there. I mean, that that lake is fished a lot. There's tournaments almost every weekend there, and mm. I mean, it's a beautiful lake. Great, huge smallmouth out there. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those th- those fish don't always want to play nice, do they? <laughs> when it comes time <laughs> yeah. for tournaments. <laughs> For sure, yeah. but that well, that's phenomenal. So thirteenth place there, and you're coming up on your uh, your honey hole next week, where you're the queen of the lake, or not next week, right. but soon. And then, uh, right, and then one more after that. So, um, right. well, that's awesome. Well, you you certainly are representing uh, the the female anglers and doing an awesome job at it. And uh, we're uh, going to be pulling for you this year, and hope all goes well with that. Uh, you know, co-angler of the year. Um, just keep up the great work. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. And thank you for the opportunity. And thank you to all my sponsors. I mean, for if it wasn't for them, you know, it'd be harder to get that, get out there and fish. So thank you to all my sponsors and my family and friends for all their love and support out there. And like I said, get get your kids out there. Get them involved in fishing. That's That's where it all starts. For sure. Well, Rachel, just thanks. I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your tournament uh, successes and fun that you have out there on the tournament trail with us. And like I say, we're going to be watching closely and pulling for you as the season goes on here. Thank you, John. There are so many amazing places to fish. It's doubtful any of us fishing junkies will ever be able to hit them all, but we can certainly do the next best thing, experience them through the eyes of fellow avid anglers who share their most epic adventures with us. Sign up to be our guest on the show today at www.tell.fish guest. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.